Crazy Talk is part of the AudioWorks podcast network. You can find out more at audio-works.co.uk. Other podcasts on the network include the Five Film Death Punch podcast, a twice-monthly interview exploring guests' five favourite films, featuring directors, radio hosts and more. And the AudioWorks podcast, weekly long-form interviews with interesting, successful and funny people. Sometimes the guests are all three of those things, particularly in the case of episode 52, featuring yours truly. Just kidding. Now let's get on with the podcast. Hello, my name is Megan Meargearsvand and this is Crazy Talk. Like I said, my name is Meg. Thanks for joining me. This is episode three of Crazy Talk, a podcast all about mental health, and it's a music special. No, I'm not going to subject you to my favourite depressing emo songs, although I have many, as I'm sure a lot of you already know. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the connection between music and mental health. So I'm not sure how many people listening to this will know, but I am a musician. It's a big part of my life. I play in two bands, Oh Boy and Future Love. So it's a topic that is very important to me. Depression, anxiety, and a smorgasbord of other mental health issues are no strangers to musicians. Just look at some of arguably the best songwriters ever. Ian Curtis, Elliot Smith, Kurt Cobain, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, Nick Drake. Even Britney Spears had a well-documented mental health crisis. On top of that, a recent study showed that musicians are three times more likely to suffer from depression because of the conditions of the industry, which is pretty scary. It's not all bad, though, because another study showed that music therapy can be used in the treatment of depression. So are we drawn to music because we're suffering or do we suffer because of music? Helping me explore this topic are two very talented musicians and two friends of mine who have first-hand experience of this issue just like me. Uh, I'm going to dive right in because these conversations are a little lengthy and I don't want this episode to be two hours long. So first up, is Charlotte Carpenter. Charlotte is a musician, she's a songwriter and she's also a very good friend of mine. In this conversation we discuss what it's like living as a musician with a mental health condition. I think mental health and music in general, I mean, actually, there's quite a lot of support for it now, to be fair, but um, it's something which I don't think people realise they're going through until they've been through it, and they realise that actually, do you know what, that was a really tough time, and it wasn't just me having a rough time in my music career, that actually might have been something a bit deeper. 
Yeah. And um, I've been through that a couple of times for many different reasons. And like I said, it wasn't until I kind of got over the first one or two times that I realised it was linked to what I was doing. And you just have to kind of think, well, is there something I can change? You know, is there a way I can maybe deal with this a little bit better? Because um, when it comes down to it, with being a musician and mental health, it's really challenging because for every piece of good news, you get 10 pieces of bad. And you can either get on with that or you can't. And I think the first time that happens to you, you almost feel like the world is gonna fall apart and you question why you're even doing it anyway. Um, and you have to have so much belief and so much determination to think that all that bad news is okay, that's still gonna make you into eventually what you wanna be. But yeah, the first or second time it happens, you think, why am I even doing this anyway? Mm. Yeah, in the episode with Keris Vaughan, we were talking about this and we were talking about like musicians and mental health it's like a chicken and egg situation like does the mental health problems make you want to be a musician and channel those emotions into something or or does being a musician bring those problems on so for you I'm guessing did does it has your experience as being a musician and being Mm. like a working musician has that contributed to any kind of mental health problems for you I think it has actually um I mean, if you take it all the way back to when I first started writing, I clearly felt as if I had something to say. And I felt quite negative about a certain thing that was happening um, when I was, you know, 14, 15. There was part of me that was kind of struggling with my sexuality, but also struggling with the people I was around me. So maybe that in some way could be linked to to mental health. Um, But... And I've always said if it wasn't for being able to write music, I think I'd be really mad. Because yeah, for sure. It's you know it's it's so cathartic, and without that, how would I vent all of these emotions that I have? So, I guess that could make you wonder actually the whole chicken and egg scenario. But I do I do definitely think that some of the experiences I've had as a musician they kind of reveal some of your flaws or some of your weaknesses, and when you realise you have those, it can be really hard to find a way of getting over those yeah because they can they can swallow you whole you know if you're not in a good place they can just make you feel like a complete failure yeah I think I think like writing songs about my mental health was kind of like a gateway to like making it easier for me to talk about it mm-hmm. so I think if I like like you said if I didn't have that mm. I think I just yeah exactly. I think it just would have made me like Mm. even worse because I'd still have all this stuff bottled up inside me, and have no like outlet for it. So Mm. yeah. So is it something that you've written about? Yeah, there's um, two songs in particular that happened on two separate occasions. Um, The first one is your favourite. Take it all. Love that song. (laughs) Great song. That um, that song for me was in my kind of. Maybe the second time I felt like I had depression and I I didn't have a job. I didn't have a part-time job. Um, so I had no money. Yeah. And I had no sort of good news. I wasn't at all as productive as I wanted to be. At the time I was working with um, a guy who was managing me and just kept kind of feeding me lies. And um, around that time, there was a lot of, I hate to use the word, but hype 
people tell you things and they tell you what you could be or what people are thinking and especially in the music industry a lot of it is fed up on on manipulation and lies sadly um and that was my first experience of that and I started to just feel so overwhelmed by all of the bad news around me that was happening and I was kind of in this frame of mind where I felt like I was constantly in a storm and that's something I reference in the song and I just felt as if I was kind of like pleading something to take this out of me and I was sad for no reason I couldn't quite figure out at the time why I was sad and why I was always angry and why I felt like it wasn't going anywhere but I wrote this song anyway about that and I just it's um there's a a lyric but I feel bruised and I feel blue but none of this darling is about you and at the time I was in a relationship where that was having a really negative impact as well because my outlook on my music career was going nowhere yeah and when you feel like your music career is going nowhere especially when you put every part of your life into it it really does impact on the people you have around you and um yeah so that song came from kind of the first real struggle that I felt being a musician and then the same thing happened again like a couple of months later really I I released I wrote another song called Siren Song which was like a free download and it was still kind of based around the theme of like storms and rain and tornadoes and feeling like I could feel something brewing and something was taking over me that I couldn't quite control and the idea of the song being called the siren song is that in my head I felt like there was a siren going off warning yeah. me from something oh right okay and um and for so long I thought you know it's a siren warning me off these people that are probably bad for me but I think actually it was a siren of myself like warning myself like this is on. about to come and you yeah. need to deal with it you know like your mind is going back to that place try and get yourself out of it yeah they're the two ones I've written about that yeah so something you said that I like can totally identify with is that line none of this darling is about you mm. it is so hard when you are like having those feelings and everybody around you especially people you're really close to immediately assume that it's about them yeah but it's really hard because you can't actually really pinpoint what it is yeah which is kind of I guess <clears throat> you just it couldn't is, really yeah. I couldn't it's hard it's like something you just have this like bad feeling you don't know why yeah but for you I guess you're in a good place now yeah yeah so I think you you figured it all out okay I kind of I haven't quite figured it out I just know how to deal with it when I feel like it's coming you know you've got the the experience now yeah to deal with it because I've had I feel like I've had all of my bad experiences when it comes to music and I probably, I probably have got way more to go but you know I've kind of had the bad managers and I've had the bad news and I've had the agents that have gone wrong and I've yeah I've like tell had, me about it yeah like everyone's got it like yeah everyone's I've had it all I'm just kind of a bit like right okay so and it's really easy to think well what am I doing wrong you know why why isn't this relationship with this manager working why isn't that working and I think you have to sometimes just stop looking at yourself completely and just think actually it's a business and everything actually works in business as well as you want it to and it's not like my songs are bad because I believe in my songs so what is it and and yeah when when I can feel those things start to come through and like some of the things people have said to me when things are going wrong they don't want to take the blame they want to put the blame on you and um I've kind of had enough of that now I'm just like 
put the blame on you all we want but I know where I'm going to go with this and I know what I've set out to do and know that I believe that I'm going to do it but it's taken me it's taken me like maybe four or five years to get to that point now where I can think okay so I'm in a really bad way today after what they said to me yesterday I've got a tour kept coming up I'm not feeling as good about that as I want to be how can I get myself out of that you know and um it's horrible but I think it's an ongoing feeling that's going to happen with musicians you just have to find a way there's a lot of like anti-climaxes when you're a musician oh god yeah you get promised a lot of stuff and it's only very rarely that those things actually happen so you do have to learn to to deal with disappointment and I think when you when you're first starting to learn that it's very Mm, difficult it is that feeling of like thinking something great's coming and then it not happening yeah especially when because I mean when you started you were you were young really yeah I mean you were like just kind of on the cusp of adulthood yeah so you got a a lot of other shit to figure out then so having all of that kind of going on as well but I guess that's another thing like with age you you do start to understand yourself a bit better Mm. like you said you can now sort of you know when that's coming and you can sort of take a step back and assess the situation I think that comes with age as well yeah it does um yeah it's just it's just a horrible whirlwind and some people can get behind it really quickly you know some people can think ah okay right that's what's happening I need to change this but other people will just be in that lull for ages and it's horrible when you see like a friend in that lull you just think come on you can do this you can do this you know but it takes so much strength and dedication and belief in yourself that you can get through it and it's all like properly cliche you know all these things that people say and how you got over things but I've in some of my darkest moments some of the best songs I've ever written have come out of it and I think I feel so grateful that I have an outlet for it you know and it's just it's a real struggle but then I think one of the big problems I've had with mental health is that and you'll know as well being you're a musician with a day job and you've got commitments and you've got things to pay for and the reality is that music doesn't give you money anymore you know so we're putting our lives on the line we're sacrificing so much for something that is really difficult to ever think we can make it a full-time career and when you're getting older and you see your friends around you being able to afford and do all these really cool things and you know that you can't do that because of the choice you made yeah like that was my choice to do that I've got to pay for this tour I've got to pay for this yeah exactly CDs or whatever yeah it's 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 really difficult it's like oh I can't quite afford to do that because I've got to go and do that yeah (laughs) it's it's like it's incredibly draining as well like for me I feel like I have a day job that's Mm. full-time and then after that I've got another job that I go to essentially it's a lot to like juggle yeah and especially like I mean I've got a band there's five of us so we can all do our bit but with you it is essentially just you so you've got that burden as well it's a lot of hard work I don't think people realize how how much hard work it is and if you're prone to Mm. depression or some other mental health problem it can really exacerbate that problem because I think it's just Something that depression does is just sap people your energy, and if yeah, if that you've got something else taking all your energy as well, it's like it's impossible. It's just yeah, you have 
and it's like a constant like a roller coaster like one day you're like oh that was really great you know that article was really amazing people are getting this song really really well and then all of a sudden like to me in june i had a tour and three people were at my brighton show in a 250 cap venue and i just and i remember playing thinking i'm gonna play my heart out to those three people that came down to brighton but this feels shit yeah you know and you're trying all you can to just see the positives of it but I got in the van and I just fell asleep and I always remember that gig now as something like when it when I went through it I just thought oh this is really awful and that was around the time I was having problems with my agent and my manager and I just thought are they right you know and it's like uh, there's a really great there's a really great thing I heard somewhere about there being everyone has like two wolves and it depends on which one you want to feed so like you have the wolf which is telling you you're bad you can't do this and then you have the wolf which is like no 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 you know carry on and um and I always imagine that and I always think of that in every scenario now I'm just like I'm not gonna let that wolf win today you know even though there's three people at this show and it was really crappy um that, that stuff like that makes you question everything you know why why are three people there am I bad am I rubbish are my songs crap you know why isn't this working um and that, that's just like a constant thing that, that's just going to go round and round and round I think whatever level you're at even if you get to the point where you're selling out those 250 cap venues you're going to have a new problem to worry about yeah it's always <laughs> something yeah it's not an easy life being a musician is no. it? we're really love, selling yeah. it I love it it's yeah. great but <laughs> you can, it's, yeah. it takes a lot of willpower yeah it's funny because like a lot a lot of musicians I know probably more than not have had depression or anxiety mm. or a combination of the two or something else and it's it, it makes me wonder if it's like just an epidemic within this industry whether or whether you just need to have that within you to yeah. be able to create beautiful things like I think yeah. about some of the best songwriters like some of my favorite songwriters um like Elliot Smith yeah. He was incredibly, like, he had a lot of problems with depression and, you yeah. know, eventually killed himself. Yeah. Well, that's debated by some people, whether he actually killed himself. <laughs> but, and Ian Curtis as well, incredible yeah. songwriter, incredible musician. And it's it's like, all these, like, really iconic creative people, Amy Winehouse yeah. as well, have always been, like, really troubled. Is it, mm. is it something that you need to have within you even just a little bit yeah in order to be able to create these things because a lot yeah. of emotion goes into it, it is i think if you think of all those musicians and those songs they've written and their careers there's always been an element of darkness to it yeah exactly that's it you have it's almost like you have to have that little bit of darkness within you to be able to i don't know do something create beautiful, create like things that speak to people yeah because the truth is that we're all going through it but in different ways and you can you can kind of try and not say anything about it and pretend you're okay or you can be brave and say something about it and is that what then people have done yeah like if you listen to rehab even though it's like one of the best pop songs ever written yeah she, she was it's in a, trouble when yeah I, it's, <laughs> got, it's a dark song yeah so dark and like, when you know the story behind it as well oh, it's even God, darker like imagine if you took that song and put some like proper dark chords on it or something yeah it, it, it would be, be Doomsville. Exactly. Be it would automatically be like, 
depression that's, central. That's like the clever thing about music, though. You know, like when you hear that song, think, "Oh yeah, this is so." Try to make me go, and then, yeah. then you're just like, "Actually, these words I'm singing have come from a dark place." Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a weird one. I think. I don't know. I feel like something I was always told um, by counsellors and therapists and stuff mm. and by Google, Dr. Google, <laughs> when I was Google. having really bad anxiety was that everybody has anxiety but just at different levels. So everybody gets nervous about yeah. things or has little tiny anxieties about little things. Some people just have it more than others. So, yeah, maybe it's just, you know, that's always going to speak to somebody. Mm. Just, just different levels. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Actually, there are loads of different levels because, like, what I see as my anxiety or depression could not be at all the same as yours. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, it, could, it's it's probably just as difficult for you as it's for me, but it's, you'd be doing it in different ways. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's re- it is really hard. It just yeah, I think as long as you can recognize it, and you think, okay, so. I am this way and how can I just try and make this easier for me and other people around me you're okay but I think if you're struggling to recognize you even have the problem that can be really hard for not just you but everyone around you as well like I remember the first time I ever really really felt it and I just look back I think I was in my last year or second year of uni and I just look back and I almost can't quite remember that whole period of my life and I'm just like I knew I was working hard at uni and I was writing songs a lot and, you know, getting drunk, but, like... <laughs> it's probably quite why you can't remember it, but... <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> but I just look back and think, I know I was really, really sad. Yeah. Like, and what and what did I... What did I do? Like, was there any substance to what I just... Uh, what I did for that whole year? And then look back and think as maybe some of the times or ways I've treated people or some of the things I might have said or come across and you don't ever realise it until you're out of it. Or if someone says to you, like, are you okay? Mm. Yeah. Like, I didn't even ever think that would ever have depression. Ever. And then the first time I went to the doctors, because I just, I thought I had breathing problems. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. Because I had asthma when I was little. And I was just like, I'm really struggling these days, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they give you tests and it's like, no, your lungs are perfect. Do great, you know. And then, then someone just says to you, are you okay? And I just remember being at uni, like, oh, actually, do you know what? I'm not. This, this, that, this, that, this. And then, and then when they're like, I think you have depression, you're like, what? No, that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> no. But uh, that doesn't happen to people like me. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I think as soon as someone says that, you just think, oh, shit, okay, yep, all right then. So that makes sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, like, different levels to it. Like and and different stages of it. Like I'm at the stage now where I can talk about it really openly, and obviously that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. To have an open conversation about it. Um, but I know that there'll be people who who maybe hear about this podcast who have mental health problems, and they'll mm. think, "Oh no, like I could never talk about it. Like it's yeah. still like a really difficult thing." Yeah. So yeah, there's different levels. There's different stages, but. A lot of, I just think, yeah, a lot of people are feeling it just in, in different are. ways. I think, it, I think it was just recently actually there was some kind of massive boost um, online about 
mental health in the music industry and that has never been anything I've ever heard about. I've seen so many articles like, over even just over the last few weeks. Yeah, I just think where where does this come from? You know, as people suddenly on board how hard this can be for us. Yeah. Because as well I read somewhere a couple of years ago that this is the first time ever where the music consumer is in a financially better position than the person making music. And I mean I look at my sales and I'm just like, this takes the piss. Yeah. You know, like I know how many likes I've got. I know how many Twitter followers I've got. I get such a big reaction, but only that many people are buying it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's ever been a harder time to be a musician. No, that hasn't. I really don't. And I think a lot of people kind of think it's the opposite because we're in this digital world mm. now where we can share music and stuff yeah. so easily. We can record music really cheaply. We can make videos really cheaply. Yeah social media but actually all of that just means more competition Mm -hmm. it means um music is more easily consumable so Mm -hmm. it's worth less essentially it is some of the biggest songs you've ever written what are they worth yeah and i mean unless you're like justin bieber level you're not going to make any money (laughs) unless you just tour relentlessly yeah which is just a death wish essentially and and even if you do if you can tour relentlessly you know like look at you like i'd love to be able to tour relentlessly like i'd love to be able to do it but the reality is that i wouldn't be able to afford it no it's just you know i'd have and it's because a lot of my anxiety and depression is linked to I hate to say it, but it is my financial worries. Like no, it's you know, it's a totally normal thing like to have in, anxiety about. And it is, I do, I get really frustrated when I know there are things I want to do with my life, but I cannot do that right now. And I think I, I had a really difficult patch just before I turned twenty-five because it was like the quarter-life milestone. And I think <laughs> I put like too much pressure on myself about turning twenty-five. And I was like, what have you got? Like, what do you have apart from your songs? and all your friends and family what do you have and then you start thinking a bit too materialistic and I thought you know Charlotte get yourself out of that because before you know it you'll be crying at the fact that you can't do this you can't do that and people are like oh do you want to come skiing in February I'm like no (laughs) I want to (laughs) want to but I I know realistically I can't because of the choice I made to work less to be able to do music more yeah and And that's it it's a choice you made it's a choice I made and that was my choice so sometimes I feel like when I'm about to go through a bit of a a blue spell I don't have no one to blame but myself and that's horrible you just think I made this choice and then then my friends are like you are so enjoying it right I'm like oh my god I love it I love it so much it's almost like you're, you're making the choice to <clears throat> make that sacrifice. You know, you're sacrificing a bit of yourself you in are. order to in hope. You, yeah, the long run, it yeah. might just work out exactly. You know, and I think your songs have a have a quality about them. I guess they have, have an element of, of blues about them. Your yeah. music, and I think it. The only reason it comes across so authentically is because you obviously have just have that within you. Yeah. It's not something you can fake. So in no. a way, it's hard, but it's I think it's an asset to your yeah. to your songwriting that you have that. Yeah. Because it it does come across very authentically. Which Good. is so rare, I guess, really, for like really, for guess. like 
yeah bluesy music it can be quite gimmicky i yeah, guess they can, days, but... i think when people say like so you're a blues musician i'm like no <laughs> just just a just just a hint of blues just a hint of yeah. something yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just yeah yeah it's really i think it's just really difficult really like in general just the whole knowing in your head exactly what you want in life and knowing that there's such a long path to take before you get there and um I just have to keep telling myself like you know there's a long-term vision here and keep your eyes on it yeah um and then you now and again you'll get someone that's like so what are you gonna do if it doesn't work out and you think don't ask me that man (laughs) don't ask me that especially not today yeah (laughs) it's that's always something that just hangs over your head, isn't it? You want to think about <laughs> yeah. it. I know. I'm like, oh. And then I think about like how quickly the past five years have gone from 20 to now. I'm just like, am I going to be 30 still doing this? Not really making a living off of it. Like, when is the right time to stop? Like, will there ever be a right time? Like, if it's built in you, there kind of never will be a right time to stop it. You never will, but... yeah. So this might make me feel a bit better. I yeah, saw I saw something the other day. I can't remember where it was. I will try and find it and share it with you. But it was an article about success later in life. Yeah. And it basically says statistically, you are more likely to have long term success yes. if your success begins later in life. I hope that's true. So there you go. I do love it though when I hear about all these massive stars who are like they're in their mid thirties. Like, exactly. This is brilliant. It's, I think it happens a lot more these days. It does. Like I'll, I'll, I'll like yeah. a band and I'll check. Oh, like I don't know Wikipedia them because I'm like a fat, <laughs> fact fan. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, like okay, they're all like pretty old. They're older than me. Like that means yeah. I've still got time. Because you're so con- even in like as musicians, you're still consumed by all of these youngsters that appear out of nowhere oh, for and sure. do really friggin' and well. And it's it's hard. Like it's like for a boy, I mean, I'm the youngest in the band. All yeah. the guys are like around. They've been doing just it for above a long time or below well. thirty, essentially. Yeah. And we play shows with kids who are like nineteen, twenty, yeah. and they don't have any responsibilities. Yeah. They don't have bills to pay. They're just having fun, having a great time. Yeah. And people, I know it's like, sucks, but it's kind of a shallow industry and people are more interested they in are. perky in youngsters than some like washed up old, like, <laughs> old people who have like been around the block a few times, yeah. regardless of talent. But yeah, long term success. Long term success. You want to be successful okay. later in life. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's very true, actually. I was watching a great documentary the other day about Dolly Parton. I love Dolly. Who doesn't love Dolly? I'm just like, she's still rocking it. She's so old. Like, and like, that's what you want, essentially. You want a long, a career of longevity. I think to get that, you have to make so many sacrifices at a young age. Yeah. And you're making them. I think you're on that track. Yeah. I think you've done it the right way. Because I think a lot of people, yeah, they they jump into it because I know you've had offers that you've turned down yeah which I think probably would have propelled you into that spotlight and then you maybe would have had that like it's like one album (laughs) and then you have the second album syndrome where no one's really interested anymore yeah because you've just been rushed out there too quickly and the songs aren't great whereas you've kind of nurtured it Mm -hmm. and kind of protected it and yeah I think it's building right yeah it totally is building like even though I'm constantly worried and uh, unsure about what could happen, 
I still feel like it is happening. It's probably just happening at a much slower pace than maybe I was prepared to many years ago. And I mean, I think it's when people say to you, are you still doing music? You just think, of course I'm still doing music. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, I think it's just the... Yeah, it's my choice to be independent. It's my choice to do things my way, um, which does set you back. But like you say, like in the long run, you think, well, actually might come to a time where I get to make a deal on my terms because I've done it for so long without Exactly, and that's what you want. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't want to be signing your life away no not completely i'd give a little tiny piece away yeah but not a lot (laughs) maybe have like a toe or two you can have a toe or two yeah right okay so to finish yes i'm gonna go back to that question that chicken or egg situation are we are we saying it's a bit of both so the muse the being a musician can kind of reveal some weaknesses yeah but also you kind of need them to i think to be a musician you're kind of yeah you kind of got to be a little bit different anyway you're a bit extraordinary when as a musician you're not doing things normally ever because one of the things i think about let's quickly take us on the same kind of same topic but we'll overrun um i always think well you know are we weird or are they weird for not wanting to vent their emotions the same as us so that could be a kind of like a chicken and egg thing as well. But for now, I'm going to think it is. You don't have to say it's not like oh, it's, so it's not it's not a, a definitive thing. Definitive thing. It's just kind yeah, of I think it's, something I think I've been both. I've been thinking about. Yeah. But I think listening to you and talking to Keris and talking to other musicians, I think it's it's not the same for everyone. But I, I do yeah. think it's it's a bit of both. It is a bit of both. Next up, I'm talking to Ollie Knight. Ollie plays and has played in a bunch of really, really good bands. You might know him from Of Blue Skies and Youth. His new project is called Loose Tooth and he also shreds the guitar in Century City who are without a doubt one of the best bands in my hometown of Northampton. Ollie suffers with a condition called cyclothemia. I hope I pronounced that correctly, I probably didn't. Uh, Which he explains a bit more about in our conversation because I had never heard of it before. I'm sure a lot of you guys have never heard of it before so it's really interesting to hear about. We cover heaps of different areas of mental health too and there's a little music talk mixed in there as well. So enjoy. The best way to describe it, this is how I always put it to people, is you know that thing Stephen Fry suffers with? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Cyclothymia, yeah. basically. So it's not this, um, you know, it, it's it's like bipolar disorder. But okay. It's, I can actually, I can get like a, a plateau. I'm not always proper down in the dumps, proper up. Like there is, there are moments I can have a kind of, I can have a chill day and I, like, I kind of call it radio silence where just okay. nothing's going on. Yeah. And I genuinely... It, so I, I'm not that kind of 
it's not everything's black and white. There are some days there are shades of grey. Yeah. Um, which I think some days I think I enjoy more than the good days. Okay. Because when I, I can't sleep if I'm having a good day. I guess it just feels like a bit more normal just being in that grey area. I don't know if it's even normal because generally I'll just stop, I won't do anything. Yeah. I'll just sit in bed. Sometimes I'll just veg and watch YouTube. I'll just literally be sat next to my girlfriend without talking because I've got nothing happening between my ears. Whereas if I'm up, like, she doesn't find me annoying, but I can pester her a bit yeah, too much because yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah. and you just end up going a mile a minute. And like, it's fun and that's where I'm really productive, but I can't sleep because my brain will not stop. Yeah. It's like constantly going. That's really interesting because like, I, had, I had no idea that you had that. Mm-hmm. I just thought we were, I mean, yeah. the, the few people that I've spoken to for this podcast already have kind of had the same problems as me, like depression, anxiety, which is what a lot of people mm-hmm. nowadays sadly suffer with. But yeah, totally. that's a bit more of kind of a unique problem, I guess. It's pretty weird, yeah. The fact you have to explain it by saying like, you know that thing Stephen <laughs> Fry's yeah, yeah. it's there. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a little easier. Because, um, yeah, it's like, it, I still have the thing where, it, the, the most annoying thing I think about it is, the days where I wake up and it's just, there's a cloud inside and I feel physically, it's impossible to get out of bed. Yeah. And you do the the thing and you're like, I have literally nothing to be sad about. I have literally nothing to be sad about. And it's just one of those things, it took me ages to reconcile because you sort of do this thing where you think, right, I'll, uh, no, I can beat this. Yeah. And it turns out I can't. It's a a literal chemical imbalance within my brain um, that puts me where I'm at kind of yeah. thing which is pretty weird but it's 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 like I don't know what it was for me but learning that made me go I can accept it yeah. like when it was before it was like this thing I knew what it was it was like no I'm, I'm being silly I can beat this and ultimately you're not like yeah. you just have to go you're sad it's okay mm. and yeah a lot of people like I think a lot of people kind of get it wrong. I think a lot of people try and turn it around. Like, I'm in down in the dumps, I feel rubbish. I need to do something that will pet me up and this, yeah. that and the other. And I'm, I'm of the opposite assumption. I say, let it in. Give yourself at least five minutes yeah. to just feel it. Because if you don't, you're, you're battling and then you get nowhere. I've, the, I've turned days around by just wallowing. And then suddenly you go, oh, okay. I let it in, I experienced it. It wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. Because there's that thing, like, it, with the illness that I suffer with, the, the highs are always bittersweet because you know you're going to crash. Yeah. And it's the worst. Yeah, you know what's coming. It's around the corner. It's like, it's like um, my form teacher at school, she described it amazingly. She was like, it's like getting mail. You don't know when it's going to come, but you know it's coming. Yeah. Like... You know, so it's it's one of those things. So is there is there like a a trigger that can like mm-hmm. send? It, it's just unpredictable. It just yeah. happens when it happens. I have a, a really nasty the wrong side of the bed. Like, oh, right, okay. so that's the only way to describe it. I can have days that are ruined yeah. just by waking up, and it's like not to sound too dramatic about it, but um, yeah, that's genuinely what can happen. Or I can wake up and be like ping out of bed. 
like yeah. you know and coupled with things I also suffer with like the seasonal affective disorder which I think a lot of people suffer with yeah the mint I dread autumn winter I hate them it's funny you say that because like I never thought I had that I'm just very susceptible to anxiety and depression mm -hmm. but I've noticed uh, the last few years it's kind of been a blur for me because I've been really up and down mm. but this last year I've been in a pretty good place but as a kind of the winter and autumn's kind of crept in. I've noticed I'm like having a lot more down days, and it's yeah, kind of like, totally. is it? Do I actually have that? It's one of those things. It's like I had it at school. They tried all weird, all types of weirdness. They offer you light therapy where they like sit you in a room and blast light. Yeah, at with a noise. sad lamp. Yeah, yeah. I've actually yeah. got one, a Lumi, they're called, uh, which I thought was hilariously cute. So Lumi. I was, yeah, yeah, I was most happy with the purchase. It's a proper cute little little light. It's like a little bubble. Oh, yeah, and it's great, and it just it wakes you, you up. It's amazing. The first day, and I only got it maybe a month ago. The first day I tried it, literally, I woke up the next day and I was like, "Whoa, really? I feel good!" Like, and that was that was a big thing. I mean, it doesn't always work, like, because yeah. sometimes, yeah, you wake up wrong. But it's nice to know that I can now get to the part of the year I always hate and at least muddle through yeah like it's, it's one of these things like being in like i've got a pretty high pressure job when it comes to the crimbo period like a lot of people do sales and all that targets whatnot yeah like they go <clears> up <throat> there's tons of people and i usually cave like you can uh my boss was describing me as weirdly consistent because every month i would make almost exactly the same amount of sales and was you know just i would always do a certain amount of good yeah like and then winter comes and there's a drop off because I'm demotivated, I'm yeah. sad, I'm, I get fierce anger, like, I've always struggled with anger, it's like, the, bit, the easiest way to like describe it sometimes is it's like being a perpetual teenager, like, okay, yeah. I, adolescence never ended for me, Yeah. I just like, mood swings, mood swings yeah. like, like, just irrational anger, like, it gets, like, I can get angry at someone if they give me a wrong look. Like, not like a, oh, you're looking to be funny type thing. Like, sometimes someone will just, they'll literally look at me and it'll be the most innocent thing in the world. And I'll come back and look at it later. And I was like, you egg. Like, yeah. what are you doing? But I think if you're in that frame of mind, it's so easy. For Anything just one little off. thing. Yeah, and that's it. Boom, you. You're gone. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's literally like being the perpetual teenager. I'm worried that people don't like me. Um, you know, it, it, they, I mean, I think with depression, depression and anxiety come hand in hand. You get you know the palpitations you're like oh god have i offended that person you know yeah. and all this stuff and it, yeah I, i'm i think a lot of people get me wrong i try and have a really good humor about my depression because i because it can be hilarious like if you look at it in the right light you know take a step back and look at it from the outside it can you can be really funny like one day i had i was having a really really bad day and i was washing up advice to listeners never ever wash up when sad like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's worth it because it's like the most boring task in yeah. the world and i was just let you just think yeah and it's crap it's just so dull i'm washing up these plates and i'm and i'm about to move out and i'm like do i need these plates no and i just start smashing plates because i was like don't need that one don't need that and then it just continued around the kitchen just throwing them in the bins because I was, and it's just one of those things. And looking back on it, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's a ridiculous thing to do. Get so frustrated with washing up, you just start breaking everything. But it's like, yeah, it's, I try and have as good humour as I can. But I think when you are the, when you're like this, and the minute you make people privy to the fact that you struggle with, 
you deal with an illness, you live with a like something like this. They all they're looking at every single facial expression that you put out there, and I have a fairly I'm not very animated with my face usually, so I'll try and make a joke, and my jokes are bleak. Like, <laughs> I like to embrace the darkness. Yeah. Um, so people get me so wrong sometimes. They think I'm being mean when I'm trying to joke, and put, someone else could make the same joke, but they just have the twinkle in their eye. But because for whatever reason on that day I haven't, yeah, people get no, really like offended. You. I get that too. Yeah. And it's sometimes you just don't even open your mouth. It's yeah. so strange. I think like it's like a really good thing to have a sense of humour about it though. Yeah. Because sometimes that's the only way of dealing with it. Totally. And you look at a lot of comedians. A lot of comedians have oh, totally. depression. It's like a, yeah. almost like an epidemic in that totally. field of I, performance. Yeah. Because that's a coping mechanism for them being funny. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. And it turns out sad people are actually pretty good at being funny. So. They really are. Yeah. If you can, like, you know, like my, one of my favourites is has always been Louis C.K. Like that guy looks terrifyingly sad. Yeah. But. My God, is he hilarious. That kind of cutting wit. I think yeah. it only comes from someone... I think you can only bring, you know, amazing like light to other people's lives if you've really seen, you know, the depths. Definitely. Like, one of my kind of all-time heroes was Robin Williams, and when he killed himself, like, that was real harsh. I took that it was, really... It was shocking. Yeah, and I, 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 I discovered it at work and I just had to disappear to the toilets and sort of calm myself down because it's one of those things. I mean, without being complete melodramatic, completely melodramatic, that end is not something that is outside of the realms of possibility sometimes. You you get... You go to the dark place and, you know, there's... You, you think the yeah. easier if. No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's hard to like yeah. say out loud because you don't want people to think that you're this kind of yeah, suicidal exactly. wreck. <coughs> but you sometimes, know. you know, it's a comforting to know that there is that's an out. Exactly, like, there's genuinely an out. Yeah, and people, yeah, it, it, that that's something that's difficult. So he got to that age. He he'd done it, man. He won the game of life, and he still it was too much for him. And that's like, and it, sometimes you just have to know, like, if you deal with something that a similar thing to what I deal with. You just have to know it's never going to end, um, and you've just got to. You basically just got to make the world make sense for you. Um, I think it's better, like, today's society is so invasive. I think if you are like in, if you suffer with these things like depression, anxiety, whatever, life can see. You can it can genuinely seem because everyone makes up stories and puts them on the internet. Everyone has a narrative and they never show you behind the closed door. So it can look like everyone else is succeeding. Has a, and, and, you know, everyone goes on about success in inverted commas. I don't buy into it. People are like, I want to mortgage kids' marriage by this age. And I'm like, if I can just make it tomorrow, to tomorrow and yeah. feel good, yeah. I've achieved all I can ever achieve. So people get really arsy with me sometimes because I'm like, I don't really ever want another job. Like, I don't really ever want a mortgage. Like, I don't want to get married. And they're like, How, you know, like, what are you aiming for? This per- what, what, What's your purpose in life? And I'm like, dude, there is no purpose to life. With, to the great void, <laughs> yeah. you are a speck of dust. Yeah. So it's like, make your own purpose. And if my purpose is to just be happy, you know, yeah. I think that there's too much on people nowadays to get out there and succeed. And sometimes just being happy is pressure enough. 
especially for people who suffer like this, uh, you know, yeah. is annoyingly difficult. I've always found Excuse it. Me. Sorry, <laughs> I've always found it really frustrating that like everyone's expected to live like this specific path mm -hmm. that's just been set by someone else. Oh, totally. It's like that doesn't doesn't necessarily make you happy totally like, not. but but then i've also like kind of accidentally just fallen down that path anyway <laughs> and honestly like it hasn't made me happy so no exactly i mean there are obviously there is always you know happiness is totally subjective and what makes you happy one day won't another day um and it's one of these things it's like you've got to do this you've got to do that shut up man like yeah. i know what i've got to do yeah. you know and if i want to sit in my pants and drink milk for the rest of my days watching family guy on repeat i'm gonna do it yeah and if that makes me happy i can just do what makes you happy <laughs> yeah so i guess this is kind of i'm talking to you because you're a musician but i'm also totally. talking to you because i know that you're an interesting person <laughs> I, I you talk about be. this stuff well but i guess as a musician having those emotions and having those like strong emotions does that really do you think that really like informs your songwriting <laughs> totally yeah i have um yeah, my yeah, I'm basically everything I write comes out just incredibly sad. Yeah, like I mean, I, I have a penchant for rock music. Like to be, if I don't know what it is, but I've never been a humongous rock fan. Like my favorite band is Depeche Mode, so that's kind of where I get everything from. Great choice. Great yeah, choice. you know, like they sing about the darkness of the soul and and you know the connection between sex and love and death. Yeah. And, that's where I get kind of everything from. That's my jumping off point. Um, but I think I just write good rock songs, you know, not to blow my own trumpet, but I've been you told do. that. You Thank do. you. But so it's this thing of like, I, I tend to write real bleak stuff. I, I like to try and infuse a little bit of hope into it, like if I can, but um, my kind of songwriting follows a very specific formula of loud, quiet, happy, sad. Like okay. I, I, th I think because my life lives this kind of strange yeah. dichotomy like between kind of two the, places, yeah. everything kind of everything's worked like that for me. Everything is up, down, up, down, up, down. So my songwriting just happens to do that as well. Like I can't write a full song that's just it's really loud constantly or it's really soft constantly because that's not how my life goes. Yeah, you know, before you even get to lyrics, like structurally, things happen that just mirror the way I. And I've literally just discovered this because of this conversation. Well, that's good go. then, that's good. It's like therapy, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but that's it. It's like, and so there, there's that kind of thing. But like lyrically, yeah, I have, I have pushed towards being confessional and then pulled away from it a few times. I tried in my last band to, to tell stories um, and then, and that's how it kind of started. And then, it just became, I just started telling my own stories. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of peaked with this, uh, our last single that we put out, which is probably one of the most dreary songs I've ever written. I'm still really proud of it because it's so, so sad. Um, but I was like, wow, okay. Was this a Blue Skies and You? Yeah, that, and oh. we put this song out called Feathers. Um, and it just, it, it informs, I, I can't, can barely listen to that, that whole EP actually. Well, it's called but From Sadness, Sadness and Hope, Hope I Built, Built a Life. Life yeah. And it's literally, because, yeah, and it, it, I think it got so confessional that I tied every facet of my happiness to that band. Um, and we, we got nowhere, like literally, you know, 
it, 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 we we ended up just playing the same venues in the same places and it was cyclical and we could never break out and I didn't know what it was and it's you know it's circumstance that set of musicians that time this that and the other if it had been a different way it might have worked in another way and it's it's just like chance a lot of the time oh totally but if you were in this place and that person yeah, was there things could I mean? have been completely different. and it's I think I got so wrapped up in that and I think I, we added a fourth member at one point and I think I ended up dragging him into the just sheer misery of it all and what I should have done was end the band when he joined it because it was just I wanted to I wanted it over with and then we carried on for another year because we were like oh you know we've written these songs and we think they're good and they, they were good and, but it, again it got nowhere because I think we put across this thing of it's tired and and it's so important if you know because if you're like if you do suffer with these things you kind of, they kind of goes hand in hand you're creative and depressed it, it's so many people are like this it. is this is kind of like why I wanted to do an episode about music not yeah. just because I'm a musician but because I think a lot of the time the two go hand in hand mm-hmm. and one thing that I spoke about with Charlotte was like kind of a chicken and egg situation <laughs> are people tired. who are prone to depression and anxiety drawn to being musicians or does kind of the grind of being in a band and just the disappointment that comes with it. Yeah. I guess it's a mix of both. It's a, it is a real mix of both. It's difficult because I picked up a... Well, my f- like first love was like Bowie. Like re- That was my, my the thing that made me go, I'm going to be a fucking singer. That's what I'm going to do. Because like Bowie was cool, man. Even when I was like eight, like Bowie was banging. Which is why like you know I, I think I've... I've flirted with androgyny and you know um, and, and you know I still wear nail varnish now and like all that stuff has come from that because that just to me seems like the, the regular way to be, like behave kind of thing but Bowie was like the thing that made me go I'm going to be a singer I'm gonna, I want to yeah. do that um, and I tried to play piano because I was already writing songs so the first thing I wanted to do was write music that's all I've ever wanted to do is just write songs so I'm trying to learn piano and it didn't work. And then I picked up a guitar and I went, this is the coolest thing ever. And I still think that to this day. And it's like, I'm like about to turn 24 and I could not imagine doing anything else because I just, it, that just happened. I put the guitar in my hand and that was it. And now I genuinely can't think of anything else. There's literally nothing else. Like it, my marketable skill in life is <laughs> writing songs and yeah. playing guitar. And I'm, totally okay with that it's a good skill to have yeah totally but it's one of these things where you have to kind of frame it there's not there's no guarantee in the world owes you nothing unfortunately um, so there's no guarantee that I'm going to end up somewhere because of all this stuff so actually what I should be doing is going try and remember that initial feeling you're eight years old you put a guitar in your hand you've learned three chords and you've written a song yeah like you know my first song was E major, D, A minor. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? That's everyone's yeah. first song. You know, my uh, favorite chords. Totally. Because I'm so emo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, why did that make sense back then? Because why wouldn't it? And now I'm, and I got so caught up with, I really want to make it, whatever that amorphous concept is. I want to be on this radio station. I want to tour the world. Blah 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 blah. And of course, I still want all those things. I would be lying if I told, sat here and told you I don't want to do those things. But actually, now, just the thrill of being in a band for right now 
is it's like I'm back to being a teenager with it again I feel like I'm in my first band you know I'm writing grungy punk tunes again and just screaming my nut off about how sad I am and it feels great. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's like, and it's never been, you know, why would you, yeah, so, so like, I don't know how or why I got so caught up in all the industry stuff and all that silliness. It, it happens, it's there and the industry is callous and it's vampiric. Yeah. Especially to the, like, especially to people who suffer with things like this. It's a really hard industry to be in nowadays. No, and I think, like, so one of the things that kind of inspired me to do this episode was Metal Hammer put out this article that said something like musicians are 30 times, um, 30% more likely to suffer with depression because mm -hmm. of the rigours of the industry and, yeah. you know, the, the strain that's put on musicians. Mm -hmm. But then, like, contrary to that, I saw another article that said music therapy is now being used to treat people with depression and it's having really high success rates so mm. it's like it can make you sad it can make you yeah, feel better it's 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 yeah it is it is as bipolar as i yeah it is so bizarre but i think that's the the thing any industry becomes inhumane like and the, the thing with like you know music it is so human it is the only expression of the soul a person can really express like but I am more naked when singing the songs that I've written than I than I ever could be in any other facet of my life. You know, the, the, I, I tell people like the real me is the one that sings those songs. Like, however that comes out, yeah. you know, whether that's a bad gig and I've smashed my guitars and punched myself in the head, or a good gig when I've just kind of stood there and sung it and just enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's that. That's it. It's. It's so human. It's, it is the most human thing I think a person could do. And then to be used up and chewed by the machine, yeah. grinded into this, into this sellable product, and then spat out for the masses, it is soul-destroying, crushing. Mm. And that's why I'm like, I regard anyone who tells you they have something to offer you with just serious like caution. Exactly, I've, there's so much disappointment. Yeah, and there are, there are so many vultures at all levels of the industry. You can be on a local level, and like my, I have always, and in my last band, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would hesitate to say famously, but I was quite publicly critical of promoters in general, yeah. as a, and, and tour managers who refer to themselves as TMs, like, <laughs> like I, yeah. I have been insanely critical of that because I'm like, you have found the last bit of the music industry that actually makes people money and you've sapped it for yourselves and you don't do anything. The amount of promoters I've turned up to gigs and you get there and you're like, where are the people mm -hmm. did you even promote? Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, you could have done it. I'm sorry, no, 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 you've hired me. Yeah. Now, that's the big thing, it's, it's thinking that you just want to do it for fun. Of course we want to do it for fun, that's why we do it, we love it. But the thing with, with it, it's like, if someone, for instance, my father, who I, <laughs> is, the most boring man <laughs> on planet Earth is a printer. I don't know if that's his like his his pride and joy, the thing that gets him up in the morning. Yeah. But he is a printer. Now, you wouldn't <laughs> say to him, right, Trevor, you've got to come and work. You've got right. You've got to practice your trade. So go home, get some get some hours in yeah. on the printer, <laughs> like. <laughs> like, and then I want you to turn up 
I want you to like print for hours and then I'm not gonna pay you. But yeah. don't worry, exposure. Yeah. And like that, that thing, that feeling of being abused is is that is more painful to me than anything. And that feeling of like that you feel so small. Like and I I really I can I can talk one on one like this, but when I get to a gig environment, I find a corner, I stand in it, I wait, I play, I go back to my corner. Yeah. Like that's that's me usually. Um, I think if I could play in a corner as well, I would do the same thing. But that that thing of when you when you get there and it's like I've like completely lost my point. Wait a second, corner, not in the corner. So you you turn up like and it's like you've been completely used, like, and then they don't pay you and they think that it's completely okay to do such a thing, like. It's that is so soul destroying. Like turning up. I remember one time I travelled all the way to Sheffield with the last band, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, we'll pay you. You're gonna go on. You're gonna headline. Wicked, banging. That's really cool of you. Thanks so much." The guy had done no promotion because we played to five people, and we travelled all the way to Sheffield for a one-off. He said, "Don't worry, man. We will. The room will be rammed. It's gonna be great. We like. Yeah. We're really excited to have you here. Turn up. No one's there." And I got like arsy and like I, I, I don't know how to approach it. I always used to get so shy about asking for money or asking for free booze, like or whatever. Just because I think if no one's at the gig, you should be able to like you, you have, shouldn't have lost anything. And I think that's a fair proposition, really. Yeah, definitely. But do that fifty times in a year, and then you because at the end of that band, I went. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And in all of my life, and I've been doing this since I was eight. Yeah, it just I, wears you down. Yeah, I have never thought that. Yeah, I never thought about quitting. There's a lot of facets of the. I hate saying the industry. <laughs> it's like it's not really an industry, is it? No, it's just but like, it's, and then there's a lot of facets of the music environment. Yeah, there you go. That <laughs> can just make you really sad, even if you're not already sad. <laughs> yeah, totally, <clears throat> totally. It is. It's like we said. It's just. It's draining. Yeah. So draining. But, yeah, I wouldn't like to say that I'd, I'd want to do anything else because, you know, there, there's, the, there's the old adage, isn't there? It's like, for every ten really crap gigs, there is the one. Exactly. And that one reminds you why you do it, you know? And it, it's trying to, like, reframe it, I think. I, I think that's the thing with any kind of depression. Try and reframe the way you're looking at things. Alter the lens somewhat. I... I've been trying so the, the, the thing I've been trying to do this last year and I think to some success because I haven't had I've had one temper tantrum at a gig this year and that was because my pedal board just didn't oh that was quite it, recently yeah yeah it? yeah so at the end of the show I just smashed everything like you know threw my guitar across the room kicked my amp punched a cymbal all the silly things that one does yeah. but I, I've tr- been desperately trying to reframe the way I look at it all and now, if I play it to five people, well, it's okay. Because we played a we played a really bad gig recently, where we played to basically no one, but the people we were playing with were lovely, and in the end, it just became quite a nice evening. Yeah. And then I got to play my songs, and we played really well. And then that in itself became the reason for going, because it was like we played wicked, and we were like the three of us, like we were like wicked. Respect, respect, respect. Everyone fist bump. We did well, good, banging, and you know 
no one was there it was completely undocumented no one will ever know yeah exactly trying to you know because i i love the whole that you know everyone says every cloud has a silver lining i believe the opposite every silver lining has a cloud yeah like i can like that's not meant to be as negative as it sounds but I mean, it always is going to sound as negative as it is, but yeah, it's like, I think now it's like just little victories and just cherishing them. I, I think that comes with age. Like the older I get, the easier to enjoy the little victories it becomes. Victory. I've definitely like noticed as I've got older, I'm finding just everything a lot easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm okay talking about the fact I've got mental health problems now. Yeah, totally. When I was 18, I was fucking terrified of people knowing that. Oh, yeah. I was like, Jesus, they're gonna think I'm crazy. I'm mm-hmm. gonna be like the weird kid that no one talks to at college. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like, mm-hmm. fuck it. Like, it's something I live with. <clears throat> exactly, and so yeah. many people are living with it. Totally. I, I, I always try and remind people: never define yourself by your illness. It's not I. It's not I am cyclothymic. I suffer with. Yeah, I yeah. think learning. And just learning and realising that, okay, this is something that I'm going to live with. Just accepting that, I think, yeah. is, like, the best thing you can do. Totally. It becomes less daunting. Yeah. And, like, the biggest thing I would, I would say to everyone, give yourself a fucking break, man. Yeah. Like, some people are like, oh, I should get out of bed. Do you know what? No. Today, it's beat you up, man. Stay in bed. Smoke a big, fat doob. <laughs> Stare at the television. <coughs> Don't think. Yep. Go to sleep, start again tomorrow. Sometimes you have to reset. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the kind of the stigma towards it all does change because it should be okay for you to ring up your work and go, boss, I'm real sorry, but today is just not. Yeah. And if I come in, I'm going to be useless. But it's not. And do you know what the worst thing is? I think we all do it to ourselves because we all feel guilty. I'm like, yeah. oh, I better go in. No, oh, I can't. I can't. Definitely. I think that's a really good point, though. It's <laughs> yeah. like, if, if you, you know, had a bit of, like, a tummy upset, you wouldn't feel guilty about ringing no, up and saying, really. you know, I've got a bad tummy. But if you're having a bit of a brain upset, you kind of like, yeah. oh, well, it's not that, it's not worthy of taking a day off. It totally. is, and yeah. I think giving yourself time yeah, just like it's, all, yeah. it, it, it's ultimately like a, it's a wider social issue really because this like that's the thing with stigmas like they permeate everything but i think with if you have a vice don't listen to what everyone else is yeah. like, I, I know some depressed people who just fucking chain smoke yeah that's it like, i smoke and people are always like oh that you know that's so bad for you and that's actually pretty bad for your anxiety and stuff i'm like trust me it's not because when i'm feeling really anxious if I fucking roll up a cigarette and just take five minutes and sit and smoke that cigarette, just calm like me the, the fuck down. It's like, I drink a lot, right? Now, I don't drink to get drunk. I'll just, like, have a couple. Yeah. Mellows you out. Mellows me out. Yeah. And yes, I know alcohol is a depressant. If I ever go beyond, like, two or three, yeah, you've, you've gone wrong. And I always avoid drinking when I'm down now because I get bad. Like... It, 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 I actually had to have a wake-up call when I went in for my kind of um, assessment to, to go on the medication and all that. Um, because I never thought really, I did, never saw myself as a self-harmer. Um, because you, you, you just think of the cheesy thing of like yeah. cutting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's what everyone does when they self-harm. But I, I, I used to get really, really drunk, get sad and just start punching myself in the head real hard or bashing my head off of things. Like I've got dents in my skull now, which I can still run my finger over, 
because I've got so sad that I've just bashed myself off things. And they're like, um, dickhead, that is self-harming. And you're like, whoa, yeah. so it is. Yeah. And I still can reach that level. But it's, it, it's like just you've got to know yourself. And it's so hard because I still don't. <laughs> but I know now, like if I, in, if I am on a bad day and I, in full knowledge, go to the pub and put four pints in myself, I am an idiot because I knew what was going to happen and I yeah. end up there anyway. Why would you do that? You know, and it's like you're asking for it. And some days, again, it's like I said earlier, you got to let it in, but there's, there's safe letting it in. And I will always go to the pub on my own if I'm not happy. That's, that's when people, you know, you need people around you to go, oi, you with someone? Yeah. You know, and I'm, a, I'm a terrible liar as well when I'm sad. I am abhorrent <laughs> like and I'm also a really good liar as well um, and that's one of those things that people never think about they never think oh yeah you, you people take it as rote they're like oh he's depressed you know depressed people are so confessional yeah. we ain't man <laughs> like, yeah. I lie and through my teeth to people I really should not lie to um, yeah it's, it's one of those things it's because th there are things that you, that you can do I, like, I, I it's going back to the music thing like I wrote a whole song about the like the opening song to the set that my band currently plays is all about how I am two people and how I would just go to a pub and just which I referred to as the black house it's just this place where I go on my own yeah <laughs> and just stand there at the bar for hours just sinking them walk home feel really shit about myself probably punch myself a few times on the way home get home get into bed and just sort of sit there and think twat yeah <laughs> what was the point yeah totally and you know it's it's a like it's one of those things I think sometimes I think if I write a song about something I kind of lock it off I'm like tied that up in a neat bow there's a thing that I know yeah. I do Try and not I think a lot that. of people think that. Yeah, but it's but never the case. No, because I still have, um, after writing that song, I've still gone and done the stupid thing. Yeah. And I still go to that place and you still do the. It's one of those things. It's a never ending. It's not a battle because that makes it sound way melodramatic. It's just yeah. like this thing. It's, it's such a battle. It's such a battle, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, yeah. it's just. It's a bit difficult. And. But yeah. it's. It's life, I guess. Yeah. And if anyone ever says to anyone, yeah, you know, what have you got to be sad about? People are in Africa, slap them in the fucking yeah. head. Because it's like, no, man, pain is subjective. And, yeah. and my pain is personal. And like, <laughs> people with depression in particular aren't necessarily sad for a reason. Yeah. It's a fucking chemical imbalance that's just yeah. making you sad. We are aware it's irrational. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I know yeah. it's super rational. I know how good I've got it, you know. Totally, man. You live in a fucking palace. Look at this place. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do anything to earn this house, trust me. Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, people would like, what have you got to be sad about? You know, your band's doing really well, like, you got a puppy and a great girlfriend. I'm like, and it's yeah. All, but that's all just stuff. All right, yeah. yes, puppies, it's, girlfriends, yeah. bands, It's great stuff, but when you're... When you've got depression, it doesn't even like to yeah. touch the sides. <laughs> we're, we're, they can't always be there when you sat on your exactly. own, just beating yourself up, exactly. either physically or mentally. Yeah. yeah, and 
that is a form of self harm as well. Because a lot of people just will just sit there and say they tell themselves they're worthless. Yeah, definitely. I do it. I'm silly, but you do it. Well, it's not silly, like because it happens. It's a thing. It's a natural reaction sometimes. And I think, yeah, just go easy on yourself. That's <laughs> like any any time I've spoken to someone with really really who has similar issues, because you know you can prescribe this, that, and the other, and diagnose this, that, and the other, but everything is subjective, everyone is different. Everyone suffers with a different kind of thing, you know, because of experience and whatnot, but I just say, just get yourself a break, man. episode three done please don't forget to send me your questions and experiences or whatever you like you can reach me on twitter at meg12 or via crazy talk the podcast at gmail.com there's also a facebook page now that's facebook.com forward slash crazy talk the podcast where you can find information about help and support from the likes of mind and the samaritans we'll have another episode for you in a fortnight thanks again for listening see you next time